Hi guys, welcome to my podcast, Everyday Dialogue with Fabian Morgan. Um, on this podcast, we're going to be talking about loads of different stuff, just everyday conversations we have with friends, with family, um, some of our thoughts, whether it's about relationships, love, money, career, regrets, decisions, good decisions, bad decisions, you name it, we'll talk about it. On this podcast, I'll be talking about some of our personal experiences, my perception and my perspective on many different things. And also I'll be having some guest speakers come on as well to speak with me. Some of them will be friends. Some of them will be people I've admired and they'll be talking about their everyday experience. So this podcast is for us everyday people that's out there living our life and just trying to survive each and every day. So welcome. Hi guys, welcome back to my podcast. Um, On this episode, the title is A Seat at the Men's Table. Now I've invited an extra special guest, someone I've actually known for quite a few years. Um, Her name is Clarice Del Labrador. Welcome, Clary. Hello, hi, really great to see uh, you actually and actually be on today's podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. So um, I wanted to invite Clarice Dell because I thought to myself, there's a lot of women out there who are working in male dominated industries and they've still managed to push their way to the top or still managed to excel. And I thought you're the great person to speak to this about because I've worked with you for about five to six years um, when I was working in sales and marketing as well. And I've seen your ups, your downs and to see where you are now is absolutely amazing. And I just wanted to say to the listeners, I remember earlier this year, so every year in sales, we have something called like the Met Gala. It's kind of like for the, it's like the Grammys of the sales industry right. where people <laughs> win awards and people get, um, win achievements on things. And I remember I won um, Top Performer and um, Rising Star Award when I was in the industry. And yeah. when I saw your post on Instagram of the awards you won, I was absolutely blown away. So guys, Claristel wow. won six of the top awards. And I'll tell you what the awards are, okay? So she won the 50-50 Club, Client Choice Award, the Million Dollar Club, Top Sales Company, Recruiter of the Year, and Managing Director of the Year, which is absolutely amazing. So Clary, tell me, how did you feel that night when you won those awards? Like, What was going through your mind? How did you feel? Wow, it was, to be honest, it was so unreal. Um, I think the first thing that I thought about actually was all the challenges. Um, You don't, at that moment, you don't even think about how great it is. You think about, wow, the sacrifices, the hours, the pain, the hard work, Mm -hmm. the people that doubted you, people think it was not going to be possible. People said to my face in the middle of the lockdown, is your business going to shut down during this time? Mm. So how I felt was like, uh, ha, I'm glad I didn't listen, you know? So it was, it was that moment. So that those, those were the things that was going through. And then when we walked up the stage, um, I think it was more about, you know, I was, I think I was crying. I was crying in, in tears, in happiness, um, just because I was so proud of what the team has accomplished. Um, so many people, so many businesses, you know, unfortunately didn't, um, you know, had to, you know, stop during the, the middle of the lockdowns. So for us to really get out of that situation and a huge success, you know, I, I was, I was really proud of the team. That's great. And there's something that you said, which brought back a quote to me that I remember we used to always say in sales, one of the, a famous entrepreneur once said it, the greatest revenge is massive success. You're going to have 
so many people doubt you. You're going to have so many people talk down and say you will never achieve this. So it's really, really good that you guys came out, came out winning. And how did the lockdown affect your business? Tell me a bit about that, because I'm sure it must have, especially being self-employed. Absolutely. Um, so the beginning part was really hard. Um, so as soon as we found out that, you know, Boris said, you know, no businesses will be open. And I'm sure you can imagine we specialize in face-to-face -face sales and marketing. So anything to do with face-to-face -face has to be completely closed. Um, and during that time, I was thinking, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? Um, this is like the bread and butter. This We don't do anything online. We don't do anything digitally. How are we going to do it? That, that means no income in the middle of the pandemic. That mm. means no one is going to make money. My business is not going to make money. My team is not going to make money. And I thought this cannot be an option for us. Um, so I sat down with other uh, business owners in London and we figured out a new campaign and everything was done on the telephone and Zoom. And so I, we created a new system um, and I got a small group of people to start off with to kind of test the campaign. Um, and so we started with a completely new client and everything was done on the phone. Um, so we represented brands, um, companies that were helping businesses, business loans. So we did business to business. We contacted a lot of businesses who needed a loan, which obviously at the time, a lot of business really, really needed that service. Mm. Um, the second one is helping people freeze their gas and electricity prices. So with what's happening in the world right now, with the crisis of the energy bills, we knew this happening a year ago. Wow. We knew that this was going to happen. We told our customers that the, the, the prices of energy are going to increase. This is the time for you now to freeze your prices. And so I am so grateful that, you know, we help many millions of customers in the UK uh, freeze their energy prices. And they were actually prepared for this crisis that's happening in the country right now. That's so good because um, I remember when I, w I worked with you guys, one of the last campaigns I did work on was one of the comparison websites where we compared energy prices and yeah. I learned about gas and electric and stuff, which was really good because when we bought our property last year, I said to my partner, let me take over the energy bills and I knew to get myself a fixed deal. So even now, during Absolutely. this crisis, yeah. we're okay. Our energy <laughs> bills are good. <laughs> hundred percent. So just by being on those projects and those new clients that I personally never thought of working with, it, it opened my eyes how, how grateful I am actually today, not only to help ourselves, help our team, but also help so many consumers out there. That's, well. that's really, really good. Um, I kind of want to talk a bit about your ambition as well. You're someone that I've always known to be extremely ambitious. Where do you think that came from? Have you always been ambitious as a child? say so yes um i as you already know i grew up in the philippines i came in the uk when i was 12. so one of the core memory i'll never forget was sitting down with my granddad a week before i was about to fly mm -hmm. and he said to me you know we sat down uh, i think it was like a corner shop somewhere in the philippines one of the islands and um he said uh you have an opportunity to change your life you know, mm. you have experienced, you know, the hardships, you know, being um, in a third world country where, you know, paying rent was really difficult, but able to put food on the table is going to be difficult. Um, jobs is not something that, you know, we don't have like 12 months or 18 months contract type of positions. We, th th those opportunities didn't rise up. So I remember sitting down with him and he said, you know, you have this one shot and I hope you really, really make the most of it. 
And another time also was obviously seeing my mum, you know, do well in life. Um, As you already know, my mum worked in Saudi Arabia Mm -hmm. for over 10 years. And I've seen the hardships of, you know, women face in Saudi. Um, you know, the, the challenges that they can't just do things by themselves, not be able to walk on the street, not be able to drive. Um, and the, the reason why, you know, she took on that career was to opportunity, hopefully to make more money, because then in the Philippines with the same career, it's not going to be the same income. So coming to the UK, I knew at the age of 12 that I was going to make it. I don't know how, I don't know what, I don't know in what, in what, in what industry. I just knew one day. I will be successful. Um, you know, unfortunately, my granddad is not here anymore. Um, but oh, really, no, he passed away. Oh, yeah, sorry did. to hear that. It's okay. Um, but I'm just really grateful, you know, for that for that sit down and, you know, that, you know, that conversation that we had because that, that really stuck with me all this time. So at the age of 12. That's really good. And I can relate to that in a sense where, I don't know, I just always know that I'm going to do well in life. Because even Mm. leaving sales, it doesn't matter what job I do, Clary, I always do well. Even in the industry I'm in now, I'm doing quite well in it. And it's just that as long as you have that hunger and that drive and you're constantly educating yourself, I think um, the person, anyone can do well. And one thing to have that's really crucial is a positive attitude. I think having a positive attitude helps and you're one of the most positive people I know. <laughs> so where do you think your positive attitude come from? What Have you always been that positive? Um, when I first started in the industry now, I thought, you know, I was positive because as you probably know, most Filipinos are quite open, quite bubbly, True. quite positive, quite energetic anyway. But when I came into the industry, I was positive in a way that I can connect well with people. But one thing that I had to really learn in business is having having a winning mindset and having both, not just be positive in front of people, but a winning mindset when it comes to when things don't go your way is how do you bounce back, get better, crush it and really deliver a better outcome and and i think that's what really uh, i would say one of the key ingredients um you know to to doing well so yes positive attitude but also having the winning mindset as well that's good that's good um i know going through the sales and marketing industry one thing that is crucial and we constantly promote to everyone is making sure you're reading books you're educating yourselves i've read so many books and even to this day i still read a lot of books so i wanted to ask you what book of all the books you've read you'd say you read that book and it changed your life wow that's a great question i have a book that i've read five times really which book is that that good It's a book called um, by Tim Grover. It's called Relentless. Mm. Tim Grover is an author, but also a mental coach by Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, and all the you know business and um, sports athletes. So he hires them not to become a coach physically, but as a mental coach. And every single time, the first time I actually read the book, uh, I was on a business trip. And it was the first time I made over a thousand pounds in one week. Mm. And it made me realize that I thought I was doing good. (laughs) I thought I was okay. I was gone through the program. I've done it. I've completed a lot. But the book made me realize I was actually pretty average. 
that there was another level and there was another level to that top level and there's another level on top of that level. And, and that's why I think I kept reading it because every single time I read it, I get to the next level. Okay, I need to get figured out how to get to the next level again. Um, so that book I would highly recommend. And he also um, oh, actually released another book as well called Winning. Um, and that I've read twice. So wow. something about this author that definitely speaks to me and speaks to my ambition. Um, and, and that's something really I enjoy. I enjoy reading. I might down, I might get that book. Yeah, I definitely think I'd give it a read. Um, because I do like reading books about success and pushing yourself because we all have that inner self saboteur, you know, that tells you you're in, you're too in, in, you're too over your depth. You, you, you don't know what you're doing. So it's important to keep that positive mindset. Um, even now I recently quit my job because we were nego I was talking to them and I was trying to see if I can get a pay rise and because I, I knew I know what I'm worth in terms of the, the what I bring to the table and they don't want to give it to me. I've resigned and I don't I don't even have another job yet, but I know something's gonna come up because I believe Absolutely. in myself. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think I love that what you just mentioned that you know you're exactly your worth. And, and that's absolutely true. And I feel that something, you know, I owe to the world is hopefully be able to help as many people to know their worth. Um, and, and it comes down to really understanding that, yes, I may not have the skills. I may not have all the knowledge now, but I will figure it out. I will learn it. I will master it and I will get there. Um, and a lot of the times in, in my, in my career, is about that. It's like, I don't know how to do it yet, but I'll figure it out. I'll, I'll, I'll go for it. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Listen, with the internet today, you can learn anything. You can Absolutely. literally learn anything. So it's, it's just putting yourself out there. And sometimes it's important to go out of your comfort zone because I think as humans, we stay in that safe space that we're very familiar with. But coming out your comfort zone is so, so crucial. Um, I wanted to ask you as well, tell us a bit about some of the struggles you've gone through to get to where you are now. What would you say was some of the lowest points of your life and in your career? Wow, that's a good question. I love when you say lowest, you know, because I think of low and then there's lower, 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 lowest, (laughs) lowest point. Oh, wow. Okay. Lowest point, I would say, was 2018. Um, That was quite a few years ago now. And in that time, uh, I think one of the biggest and the hardest thing that I faced in business was the fact that we had a good team at the time, but we were not delivering close to good results. It was like below average, poor results. And so if the company is doing poor results, then we're not even breaking even. We're making a loss. Um, and every single week, you know, I was wondering how are we possibly going to pay rent and pay, paying rent in, you know, running a business in, in the UK, in London, of course, it's not cheap. So I remember at that time, how are we going to do this? Um, and at that time, I remember thinking, just keep going, just keep going, just keep going. We'll figure it out. Just keep going. And you just do it over and over and over again. And hopefully something will be, ah, that's the solution. But actually, I, looking back now, I made a mistake of letting small issues getting bigger. And I let my business um, to have a terrible culture. 
you know, people didn't have the right standards, people didn't have the right habits, people didn't have the right standards when it comes to representing our clients, the systems that are in place are not being used anymore, even though it was like a small thing, but because there's so many people not doing the small things, it all added up to something huge, that eventually, we had to let a lot of people go. So we ended up having three people in the company from 30 people to three. Wow, um, that must have been tough considering you were already struggling financially. That must have been a big decision to make. Absolutely, absolutely. It was really hard. It was difficult. And and every single week, you see your, your profit and loss account. You know, you don't see profit. You just see loss. Mm. Um, and I thought, okay, two things are going to happen. I'm either going to have to file for bankruptcy. Obviously, clearly, this is not working. Or the second option is kind of just have a step back and build it from scratch. And the second option was something I had to make. Um, I'm already at the bottom. There's nowhere else to go. There, yes. there's no, there's, I can't go sideways. I can't go the other way. So the only way is up. Bounce back. <laughs> so, so I think that's that. That's what it was. And and I'm so grateful. Obviously, that I had a support system. Um, you know, my business partner, my partner in life, um, obviously he helped me through that process. Um, I have mentors and coaches that mention, Hey, you know, I will support you, whatever you decide to do. And I remember going back on the field full time, um, full time. It was around May, May, June, July, August. So about four months back on the field. And then September, we came back to our office in, in, in Watford. So during that time, I had to go to London to restructure my business. So four months, I didn't even use our building. So imagine wow. paying rent to a business or a company building that you're not even using for four months. Um, so that was tough. Um, and I thought, you know what, we have to overcome it. We have to overcome the challenges. And I think the biggest challenge for that was also health. Um, we were commuting every single day. I was in the office by 7 a.m. I would come back home at 1 a.m. So, you know, I barely slept. But I mm. thought, you know what, this is going to be the project. The project bounced back. Um, four months, um, ready to crush it. And that became a momentum. The second time around, though, now that going through that process, things would change. Things were different. I remember saying this time around, going back and restructuring my business, it has to be different this time. I'm going to hire people that are going to be my business partners. I'm going to hire people that are actually going to be here with us long-term. Um, I'm not going to just look for people that will be good for the time being, but really people that actually will be able to sustain the success of the company. So I think that's when it re more the sustainability really stuck through during that time. And obviously because of that, the success that we've had really sourced uh, from those four months that actually had a really difficult time. Wow. Wow. That's, that, that's, yeah, that's, that's really good that you were able to do that. And yeah, that must've been a tough four months. And as you said, lack of sleep, or you just knew it was a short period of time. Um, I kind of want to talk a bit about work-life balance as well, because one thing I've mentioned on my previous podcast is when I was working in sales, I think one of the things that kind of even led to me leaving the industry, I didn't have a work-life balance and I just felt mentally frustrated, mentally exhausted. And that's something I realized as much as I'm someone that works hard, I need to make sure that balance is there. So I don't obviously fall to the wayside and crash and, and, and burn out. So um, what do you do for yourself to make sure that you have a good work-life balance? And do you promote that culture as well with the, with the staff that you work with? 
Absolutely. Um, it's completely different, I would say, to, you know, what it was when you first started the, uh, in the industry. And I think when you first started, it was like work, 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 and work. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and and that was the mindset and you know and that was the industry that we we were in and and I think and and yes definitely things have changed and I'm really grateful obviously now that as a mother I made it made me realize that I really had to step back I really had to actually focus on you know um, having a healthy um, diet having a healthy mindset and actually really take a step back. So going back to your question of how do I do it now, it started off actually going through the pregnancy. Um, and that was only just over a year ago that I really had to ask myself, if I want to build a family, I really have to kind of slow it down. Mm. And, I re and we went through infertility. You know, we went through IVF. I went two rounds of IVF. Um, and, you know, for a long time, they said there was no reason why, you know, I wasn't, you know, getting pregnant. Um, and there was no reason. But I think personally, looking back now, I think the biggest reason why was my, my lifestyle. I, mm. I just consistently worked 50 hours, 60 hours a week. And, and I just didn't know anything different. And so, and I felt like that affected my health. And, um, and that's when I realized, okay, it's time to step back and kind of just really focus what is important. And at that time, I remember thinking, yes, it's great to be successful, but also there is time for rest. There is time to spend time with family. There is time to spend time with your loved ones. There is time to hang out with your, you know, the people that you love and the people that obviously that care for you. And, and that became a priority. And that's so good because there's a saying, there's no wealth without health. If you're not healthy, you can't enjoy the success. You can't Absolutely. enjoy the success. Absolutely. And that was a tough period, um, but I'm glad I learned my lesson. Um, so now, you know, that's a definitely a conversation that we have with our teams um, and, you know, spending time with their loved ones, you know, and checking up on their loved ones too. Mm -hmm. I think that's pretty crucial too. That's good, yeah. Um, and as you know, the, the sales and, and, and marketing industry is a male-dominated industry and there's more male business owners than female business owners. So when you were working your way up to the top and trying to become a business owner, was there some fear for you knowing that there wasn't that much female representation? Um, was, was, was that ever a fear for you going through that process? Absolutely. One thing that I've noticed uh, when I was going through the training was a lot of women that decide to have families a year or a few months later, they're no longer in the business. Mm. So that kind of shocked me because I thought, oh, wow. So that means if I'm going to have a family one day, does that mean that's, that's the end of me? That's the end of my career. Um, and, and yes, definitely that fear came through because I knew one day that I want to be successful, but I still want to have a family. I still want to have a good balance of both. Um, and I was really, really grateful a few years ago, I would say 2019, I had a chance to meet, you know, face to face and spent um, a long weekend with uh, a group of women in Spain. Um, it's an organization that Ilana, Ilana Diaz, which is now one of my mentors. I know Ilana. She's your mentor. Yeah. Oh my yeah God. So That's great. Yeah, she is a badass mm -hmm. and, you know, oh, she's unbelievable. Um, so we've had a chance to go to Spain and a group of 20 business women, business leaders are in one villa. 
Wow. And the conversations were incredible. And one of the conversations was, how do you have a family and run a business at the same time? Because there's so many women there that actually that were already mothers running a business. So before that, I just thought it wasn't even possible. Before that event, I, I thought, okay, maybe at some point I'm going to have to leave because how, how is it going to work? Mm-hmm. And then um, spending time with the women um, with, with that specific weekend, um, I just realized, wow, they're amazing. They run their businesses. Um, you know, they find a way they create their own schedule. And I think now that now that I am now as a mother, I'm so grateful that I can create my own hours. I can create the time. I'm with, you know, Maxi for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I'm in the office Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So, you know, I've created the balance of I still want to spend time with him, but also I want to continue leading a successful business. So Wow, that's so good that you and and you said something similar to another person I recently done a podcast recording with. She's actually um she's in real estate and properties and she's ah. a businesswoman as well. And she one of the things I asked her was, What was the reason why you wanted to go into this industry? She goes, Because I'm a single mother, I've got a baby and I just can't work a nine to five because I know I won't be able to take my daughter to school. I know I won't be able to pick her up. So she created her own schedule and her own work-life balance. And that's really, really powerful that you said work-life balance is so crucial. And it's great to know that the industry has evolved um, in terms of making sure that's promoted. Because as you said, back when I was there, it was definitely like work, 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 don't sleep. It's all about work. So the pandemic really was a blessing in disguise to an extent because even a lot of businesses that their staff has to be on site every day. People are now in some office jobs are able to work from home. They realize that that work-life balance makes their staff a lot more productive. So it's, it's really, really good. Definitely. Um, one thing you said is that you met up with, um, Alana and those women and, 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 and I can see that women empowerment is so crucial for you. And I remember even working with you, you were very vocal about women empowerment. Why do you think women empowerment is so important to you? That's a really good question. Um, you know, I grew up in a family that, you know, obviously my mom runs a business, um, which I'm really grateful for because I think she became that example for me that I, you know, if she can run a business, then maybe I can run a business mm. as well. But also it, I've seen also the, you know, the poverty in the Philippines where a lot of women felt like they didn't really have that much option that when they build a career and one day they decided to build a family, it was, they have to let their career go. Mm. And so one of the biggest drive for me, you know, going through the training program was hopefully I can be an example for a lot of women and hopefully I can help as many women to succeed in business. And if not be able to, if they're not part of my business, that's okay. But hopefully I can, you know, be able to touch them through my experiences um, and be able to encourage them to go for what they want. Um, and I think I love seeing women that are empowered. I love seeing women getting promotions. I love seeing women making money. I love seeing women building investments and, you know, creating their own thing. I, I just love it. Um, I, I'm empowered every time I do that, but I get I even more empowered when I see other women do that. Yeah. So it just becomes more exciting. And um, there's a lot of women now, in, especially in the organization, we have women in my office and in the organization that make over a thousand pounds a week. And some of them, you know, crush, unfortunately, sometimes some of the men. <laughs> so, and, 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 and absolutely love that. And it just really shows that there's no limitation 
um, in our industry, but I think that there's still other industries out there that still have a bit of limitations. So hopefully a goal maybe to be able to crush that. Yeah, that's good. Um, has there ever been a point where you felt, even now where you are in your career, I know you go to a lot of business meetings where there's loads of men and you sit around a table with a group of men. Was there at any point you felt, even not even just now, but earlier on in your career where you felt you had to fight for your voice to be heard as a woman? Absolutely, many, many times. Um, one of my first experience, um, I want to say it wasn't in a group setting. It was actually a one-on-one. It was an interview. Mm-hmm. And it was for the first time that I was like, wow, like this still happens today. Um, I remember there was an interview when I, well, my first office in, in Luton, uh, I think around 2014, um, a gentleman came to my office and I was explaining to him what we do, how the company works. And he said, I don't think I could work for you. And, really? and, and, I, and I said, okay, what's your concern? I thought maybe it's just an industry. Maybe he can't do sales. And he said, um, not a lot of women in my country lead and run businesses. Um, it's only men. So the fact that he said that, I, I wasn't ready to fight him, obviously, at that time. <laughs> but, <laughs> but in that moment, I was like, wow, this is the reason why. This is reason why I have to be a representative to a lot of women that when I go to conferences, when I go to meetings, I I really have to portray the strength of women. Um, And so there's many times, you know, a few years ago, maybe be able to speak at a conference, you know, obviously I, you know, I run the business with my partner and, um, you know, sometimes like, oh, okay. Like he's the one speaking. Um, And I said, okay, perfect. I'd love to, I'd love to speak too. Um, I'd love to have the opportunity. I'd love you to consider, you know, for you, for me to speak, um, as we run the business together, I think we should be both representatives in, in, in the speaking events. Um, so I think the fact that I have to promote myself when probably some people don't even have to promote that. So for me to promote that situation, um, I, I'd say that's the big thing is I think I have to promote more of my strengths more, maybe compared to other men. I could be wrong, but I felt I felt that especially in the beginning of my career. I don't think you're wrong. I think a lot of women, most of my friends are females. It, it just happens. I love women. I'm all about women empowerment, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so remember the Beyonce playlist? Like every time I listen to Beyonce, I think of you. Do you know what? Everybody <laughs> says that. Like everybody says, everybody knows me for loving Beyonce. It's funny you said that because I remember me and, Al- me and Alsha was talking about it the other day. Yeah. And um, one time me and her went to a club and... I was like, I'm bored, I want to go home, I'm tired. And she's like, no, let's stay. I'm like, no, let's go home. And as we're leaving the club, they put a Beyonce track on and I did a U-turn and goes, oh my God. And I start dancing and she never lets me have that down. Oh, I love that. I love that. I love that. That's great. Uh, yeah. But um, but yeah, I definitely uh, hear what you're saying. It must be difficult. And especially, obviously, your business partner is your partner as well and he's a male. So you can, I'm sure you can see how he's treated when it comes to some things in the industry compared to you. And that must be frustrating frustrating to you sometimes. Definitely, sometimes. So, um, yeah, there's definitely times I feel like, okay, ask, ask, ask 
ask if you could put my name there. Ask if you if I could be able to do it. Please ask. Um, and I'm just really grateful that obviously, you know, he is pro Claristel, which is great. Um, and, and he puts my name forward. And I'm so grateful, obviously, that we get to build a life that's great and also build a business that's great. So definitely, um, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm 100% forever grateful. That's good. And I think in order for there to be equality across the world for both men and women, men needs to be advocate. And yes. that's because it's a system that was created by men, it's going to take men to deconstruct it. So it's really, really good and positive to hear that your partner says, no, Clary needs to be sitting at the table as well. We This is what we do together. So it's really, really good. It's kind of like even in my relationship, I'm in an interracial relationship and obviously my partner's white and I'm black and I have racist experiences that he probably doesn't um, experience mm. and doesn't understand. But he advocates for me and he also, yeah. he's very vocal. Sometimes there'll be a racist situation, Clarence. Before I can even get a word in, he's in there attacking the situation. <laughs> and it makes it more powerful. Right. Yes, and I think that's what partnership is about. Mm -hmm. You know, and the relationship is not just about, you know, that surface level. It's actually, you know, you, you advocate for each other, you, you push each other, you encourage each other, but, you know, they, they have your back at all times. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And not only are you a woman, you're an ethnic woman as well. So mm. have you had any struggles where your ethnicity was like challenged or called into question at, at any point in your life or in your career? Um, in my career, I'm so grateful, obviously, that in a business environment, no, but of course, definitely in sales, when I was starting out in my career, um, you know, there's many people, I would go into certain, you know, areas all across London. Um, and, you know, they would just say, oh, you know, the Chinese lady. And I'm like, oh, I'm not Chinese. Um, you know, That's um, so bad. you know, so, so just little things like that. Or or maybe um, can you speak English or, or things like that? Or another one would be when people think of CEO and founder and director, they probably think of a tall white men um so sometimes when a visitor would come to our office or would, would come and visit us um kind of speak to the manager please and you know they see a little woman five foot short you know come come to the front and like kind of speak to the manager it's like actually i'm the manager so so i think that's that, that's I've, I've kind of felt that at some point mm. but i i think but I definitely i wouldn't i wouldn't say it affected me at some point i think it gave me the the fire to just keep going, far to grow, far to actually, you know, I, I want to prove most people wrong. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And is it would is it difficult being in a male dominated industry? Because I know it still is. As much as there's a lot of females that are succeeding, is it difficult being in a male dominated industry? I think now, I think now, now that I'm a little bit more experienced, um, I say I wouldn't say it is because um, what I love about the sales and marketing industry that it's it was never about the gender. It was more about your performance. Mm -hmm. So I knew that I had to work harder. I knew I had to study harder. I knew that I have to get better results to really get to that stage. And um, so I'm grateful for that. I think for the, for the industry that there was never going to be a limitation since you were in the, in the, in the industry, it was always a diverse, you know, industry, people from all over the world, mm -hmm. people from every country, um, but I would say when it comes to the business ownership level, I remember going through the training program that there was not a lot of female business owners. And I just remember thinking there has to be someone, there has to be someone that's really going to step up. And, and, and I think thankfully, gratefully, I was like, oh, it has to be me then. <laughs> someone <laughs> has to do it. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, that's definitely something I did love about the industry and that's what attracted me to it is the fact that it's performance-based. You're, you're judged based on how well you work. Um, I will definitely say, though, I do think us being, F, being of ethnic minority backgrounds, we do kind of have to work twice as hard to get some of the same recognition some of the other um, straight white males get because I th there's been times when I've seen some of the some of the straight white males get certain recognition and I'm thinking to myself but I've done better than that but it's just I think not even just in this industry I think this is just something in the world as ethnic groups we have to work twice as hard to achieve the same level of success unfortunately absolutely I totally agree with you and I think that's something that um, I encourage everybody really to, you know, to be able to break the, the, the glass ceiling, you know, whatever, whatever industry that they're in, um, whatever, whatever, whoever you think is right at the top, you know, be like, okay, learn from them. Um, hopefully take them on as a mentor, as a coach, but also at the same time, how can I hopefully do it better? Um, yes. and, and hopefully inspire other people that within the, in the, in the industry as well. Definitely. I think I just came up with the name for your podcast. Obviously, it's up oh, to you did? to decide. Yes, now that I'm talking to you, because <gasps> guys, prior to us starting to record, I was talking to Clarissa and she wants to start her own podcast, which I think she should definitely should. She's a, an amazing public speaker and she does loads of events and um, public speaking at um, different events and stuff like that. And I think her message would help a lot of people. But the name that came to me is Breaking the Glass Ceiling. Oh, so, wow sit on that and see what see what happens but yeah think of a name but I don't know I think why that came to my mind because I know whatever you your message is gonna be in your podcast it will always kind of go back to how can I take it to the next level so yeah. I just thought that just came to me so wow that is powerful yeah you just said it and I just when you said those words it literally just stuck out to me so yeah that's that, that could be great. a name that could uh -oh. be a name <laughs> I need you <laughs> <laughs> we'll definitely meet up for brunch 100% Clary because I definitely believe you should do it we'll meet up and that. I'll bring my stuff oh, what a great idea. I love yes that. let's do it um, I wanted to ask you as well obviously being a mother now um, and guys her baby's so cute um, his name is Maximilian but I call him Maximilianaire because he's going to be successful I'm calling it so when he gets old I'm going to be like remember Uncle Fabian said you were going to be a millionaire <laughs> So I call it, yeah. Ludmill posted on Instagram the other day, um, six his six months um birthday, and I, I, yeah. I messaged Ludmill, and I don't know if he told you, I messaged him and I said, "Happy six months, Maximilianaire." <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. You know, that was one thing. That's something I, you know, I always, um, you know, I think I read it in a book. It's like the quote stayed with me. You know, I may not come from a rich a family, but a rich family will come from me. Wow. Um, and I don't know which book it is, but literally that quote was like, wow, I'm going to keep this close to myself because then, you know, not just like not come, a family come from me, but hopefully people that I work in my company, the people that I touch, the people that I'm involved with on a daily basis, hopefully I could bring that value um, for them as well. So yeah, that book really stuck through. That's good. That's good. And how would you say motherhood has changed you? How has that changed you as a person? That's a great question. Um, it changed me a lot, um, but definitely got me more determined. You know, when you said, you know, you, you saw me, I was determined before, but I think it, it definitely unlocked something, I think, in my brain to go on a new level. Uh, that's for sure. So um, I, it was really tough. First month was the toughest. Um, you know, I had a C-section, um, mm. emergency C-section. And so first week, I could not walk. 
you know, yeah. going to the bathroom was really scary just to walk to the bathroom, which is like two meters away. Um, going to a shop, even the idea of going to a shop to buy groceries was like, no, I'm not even going to try. Um, so that was really tough. I'm really grateful, obviously, that my partner's family was here. So, you know, they made breakfast, they made food, um, but they could only stay here for five weeks. So I knew that I had to figure something out after five weeks. Yeah. Um, second week, it definitely got better. I kind of got my feet back on track. And I remember thinking I, I made two I made two important decisions in my life. One, I want to continue to have a, be a great business. I want to continue to be a great example. I continue want to lead my team, but also I've decided to have a baby. I decided to make sure that I look after this new life. And um, third weekend, as crazy as it sounds, I came back to work. Um, third week. Third week. Wow. I was sore. I was I was very sore, but I just remember thinking I I, I made two two commitments, two commitments that somehow clashed. It's like, I want to build a strong business and I want to build a family. Can I do it together? Now, I didn't come back full time after three weeks. Um, I was only in for a few days, but it kind of got me back into mentally that this is the commitment I made for myself. Now, I wouldn't recommend it to a lot of, I definitely wouldn't. Uh, but personally, that was a decision that I made uh, because two, those were the two things that were important for me, you know, building and continue a successful business and also make sure that I have a great family as well. So yes, uh, th that was one of the toughest time. Um, and seven weeks after that was our gala. So when you mentioned, you know. Oh, so, so you went seven weeks later. So, so three weeks, so three weeks um, and I came back to the office and then from that three weeks, seven weeks later was gonna be our gala. So I was like, we either have two options. I can either be sore and lose at home or I can be sore winning and we sore anyway but so i'd rather be sore and winning <laughs> no do you know what i get it and i mean for some some people might listen to this and think yeah it might be an unpopular opinion but you know what's yes. right for your mental health like you have to remember yeah. and i've had this conversation with my partner as well in a sense where like my partner and there's nothing wrong with this he he's in a good job he makes pretty good money but he works yeah. because he knows he needs to afford a nice lifestyle and he just wants to be able to pay his bills and travel go on nice holidays but he doesn't yeah. enjoy working whereas for me i work because it's a part of my one validation for myself and it's 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 a part of my well-being like if I was yeah. to be unemployed I would lose my mind so I understand that you're not the type of person that can sit at home for six months and just look after a baby you can't it would it wouldn't benefit you mentally whereas some women it would and there's no right or wrong it's about us as individuals finding what works for us but you yeah. just showed as well you can have it all <laughs> you can have both <laughs> it'll be hard to do both yes <laughs> you can have both do you want any more kids um maybe maybe in a few years uh, as i mentioned we did ivf so i still have three embryos okay uh, frozen okay um so maybe in a few years maybe, maybe twins maybe triplets we'll see <laughs> Yeah, listen, I don't blame you. Kill two birds with one stone. That's what Beyonce did. Beyonce is like, look, I need to get back on tour. I need to start making music. So let me just let my second and third child come at the same time. So I don't blame you. <laughs> but science is beautiful. You know, it's amazing mm. how that can even happen now and that's somehow possible now.
Yeah, because there's a lot of women. There was a study that I saw. More women are having children later in life because they've just got shit that they need to do before they have yeah. kids. Like, raising kids is expensive. Like, I've done... um episode podcast with various different people and one of the biggest struggles when I say to them that our parents and I say what's your biggest struggle they said Fabian financially having to grind having to be frugal mm. because I've got kids so I get when people say I'm not having a child until I own a home or I'm not having a child until my business gets to this level because because of the, fi the financial commitment you have to that child so a lot more women are freezing their eggs and saying look I'm going to achieve what I need to achieve and then I'm going to come back and have my child when I'm knowing I'm in a better position to do it 100 and that was for me i was like i don't see myself having kids you know in my early 20s i was just building myself i was building you know my career um i wish that i could have probably done it naturally but you know unfortunately didn't happen um so i'm glad that that even option even came up um so it was a, definitely a difficult journey there was like 200 injections you know to go through wow. um but i'm grateful you know you, you know you maximilian is so cute and chunky and heavy and he's healthy and and that's all that matters yeah and i want to say guys ludmil is such a great dad as well like just like seeing the post of him in the swimming pool with him it's 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 really good i'm really happy for you and your family clary i honestly mean oh, that from the bottom thank of you my so heart. much yeah i'm grateful for him you know um it wouldn't even be possible for me to get back running an office without him hmm. because you know i said hey i i I don't think I can be at home seven days a week. I don't think I'll be able to be here, um, look after the baby all the time because I think I need to be able to get back and get back to, to my own self. Um, and yeah, we decided to split the responsibility at work and we decided to split the responsibility at home. Okay, so, so the days yeah. that you're in the office, he's at home full-time being a dad. Correct. That is so good. Yeah, that's when they go swimming, they go to parks, you know, they, they, they all hang out. He's like a proper dad. It's like a dad three days, you know, so which is which I'm really grateful that obviously that that that's happy. He's happy to do that because I've been to a lot of women's classes and baby classes. And, you know, it, the conversations with other women is not the same. Yeah, and it, it, it's so true that so many women um, bear the full responsibility of raising the child and the man goes out there, build their career, they work and some of them, they don't want to just be a full-time mom but they're forced in that position. So I think it's really, really good. It just shows you society is changing and it's important that we move away from that narrative that women are supposed to just sit at home and, 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 and be just a, a mother raising a child. No, a woman can be everything. They can be CEOs, they can be business owners they can be a mother they can have it all just like how a man can be a father and have all the other things a woman yeah. can as well so it's great that you guys have come to that agreement where you split the responsibility evenly down the middle when it comes to raising your son 100 percent. and i give us a conversation before the pregnancy you know so this is the deal <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> this is how it's gonna be so if i say yes that means this is how hopefully it would work and and i'm glad um you know he, he stuck it through so that's really really good um and i know you guys run a business together when it comes to like the money situation how does it work because i know like it's, there's a statistics that shows that most marriages that fail is because of money and financial burden and stuff so running a business together how do you guys say okay this is where we're going to split it this is my money and this is because in my relationship let me talk about yes. me first we don't we don't mix our money but that's also to do with a, a financial trauma situation i had in a relationship where my where, mm. my, part, where i was the my partner was financially dependent on me and i became I resentful that. you remember that exactly I remember that. yes I, I was 
we were, we were working together and I was venting to you at the time about my relationship. <laughs> so yeah, so you remember that. So Clary, since that relationship situation where my partner was 100% depending on me financially, I promised myself I would never be that way. So now we don't mix our money. I make my money, he makes his money. We split the bills. I've got my own car, he's got his own car, whatever, whatever. So... And I mean, everyone has their dynamic that works for them as long as both parties in the relationship agree. But running a business is a bit more different because it's, yeah. the income is all coming technically in the same pot. So how yeah. do you guys make sure there's no rift in terms Absolutely. of the money? So yeah, exactly what you mentioned early on, about 50-50, you know, it was like 50-50 in everything. So as soon as, you know, one of the conversation we had with my mentor a few years ago, I would say about 2018, I remember he mentioned... If you and Ludmil have a 50p or one pound, actually, he mentioned one pound, one pound profit, how are you going to split it? And I said, 50, 50, he gets 50 pence, I get 50 pence. And, and because of that conversation, it was that clear right from the get-go. So when we had that huge success, we really had to work together as a team that, you know, we have to give 100% and it, it became really a 50-50. So we do have separate accounts. Um, obviously, we do a lot of our investments together. Mm -hmm. uh, we do a lot of property investing. We're involved in art investing. So, you know, a lot of those things are done both ways. So he invests, I invest. We have two separate accounts. We make decisions together like, okay, cool. What will be the next, next thing that we're going to invest in? So, so yeah, everything 50-50. And I think that came from the conversation that we had right from the beginning. And that's so good because I think a lot of women are, are kind of forced to kind of be like, okay, this is what I'm, this is what I get. And I have to just take this or they take less, even though they do 50% of the work. And it's funny you said that because I, I listened, um, I think it was a podcast I heard the other day. So there was this woman, um, she was married and she was a stay at home mom. And her husband was the one that built the business from scratch. He became super successful and she raised the kids. She was full-time at home. And when they were getting a divorce, she decided she wanted to divorce him because she got to the point where she just couldn't do it anymore because she was just tucked away in the shadow. And he said, you're not going to get nothing when they divorced. So they went to the judge and the judge basically said to the woman, um, why do you think you should get half? She goes, because I did half the work. The woman was recording from the day they got married till the day they got divorced, every single thing she'd done in the marriage. She was the one that raised the kids. She was the mm -hmm. one that helped him. Um, she did his accounts, Clary. She was his accountant. He never had wow. an accountant. She's the one that done all of his business meetings. So basically she was his unpaid PA. Wow. She organized everything and set up the business and she documented everything. The judge said, you get half of everything that he earned. Boom. Boom. So it just shows you as much as to the world, she might not have been working, but he wouldn't have achieved the level of success he did if it wasn't for her. Absolutely. And I think that's go both ways for us. Mm -hmm. You know, he wants to be a hands-on dad. And so therefore, okay, great. I want you to spend as much time with him. That means I can get back to work. I want to be not only a mom, and I think moms are great, but also I want to continue running a business. So so by having that teamwork and having that, use it as like a partnership. We're doing this together. We're building successful businesses. We're building a great life as a family together. And I'm just so grateful that we, we've had, we've got that partnership. That's so good. I'm so happy. That's really, really good, guys. Um, what advice do you have for women when it comes to achieving their goals and still trying to find a balance in life and um, being scared of whether they can take their career to the next level despite 
wanting to be a parent or wanting to be married? What advice do you have for women in business? That's a really great question. So I think when it comes to your career, um, the biggest thing I would say is majority of the time we go into roles or we go into positions or take on new projects that we don't know if we're able to be able to do it. But majority of the projects I've done, I don't think I really knew what I was doing. Mm. <laughs> so I guess it's just go for it, you know, um, and you'll figure it out. Um, but if you don't go for it, then you'll never figure it out. Yes. So just put your hand up and figure it out as you go along. Um, so I would say definitely in, in that career perspective, um, for women that, you know, life and work balance and be able to build businesses and be able to have, um, you know, have that success at home and also at work, I would say definitely win as many people as you can because you need everybody's help. You know, there is a saying that you need an entire community to be able to raise a child and I, I couldn't agree more. You know, I come to the office sometimes and I bring Maxi here, my recruiter, you know, you know, um, takes, uh, takes, takes, uh, takes him on, on her, um, on the care baby carrier while she's on the phone <laughs> wow. while I'm running morning meetings or I'm running conference calls. My team would be holding Maxi too. Um, when I'm away for a business event, uh, my parents, um, my mom and my dad's side will also take him. So I think having definitely as much help as possible. Um, be clear, you know, what, what you want to accomplish and you really, really, really need their help. You need their support. And sometimes you, you actually can't do it on your own. So you need people around you to be able to support that. And every, if, you know, if people want that success for you, they will be happy to do that for you anyway. That's really, really good. Um, what's your, who's your biggest role model? That's a great question. Um, I have a lot of people that I look up to. Um, I, I as you already know, one of them is Ilana. Mm -hmm. um, Ilana Diaz definitely made it possible for me to see what's above business ownership and consultancy. And obviously the next stage now I'm going for is a national consultancy. So really just opened my eyes how a woman with family who's, you know, for me, that's ethnic how to be able to really accomplish a lot of that. So definitely she made that possible for me. Um, I've got mentors like Josh and Hector that definitely opened my eyes when it comes to running successful businesses. Um, Ludmill just got back from a trip in Miami last week. And, you know, he was mentioning how, you know, Justin did a great job, you know, promoting over 200 business owners in the U.S. And I was like, that's amazing. Yeah. You know, and it just really seemed that success because I knew them when things were not going well. I knew them when things didn't go so well. So to see their success now, I think that's pretty incredible. Um, but there's definitely a lot of people online that I follow. As I mentioned to you, Team Grover is definitely one of the big ones. Um, I love listening to Patrick Bet Davis. Um, he's one of the entrepreneurs. He, you know, he's got a lot of um, content and podcasts on YouTube. Um, female entrepreneurs. I'm in. I'm obsessed with Sarah Blakely, who created Spanx. Um, I'm obsessed with Karen Brady, which is the lady next to Alan Sugar. Mm. Um, she owned a football company at the age of 25, which I think was pretty badass. That's badass. Um, so yeah, so there's definitely um, there's a lot of people that look up to, and obviously I'm inspired by their story, and hopefully one day I can inspire others too. That's great. Um, what's next for Clarice Snell in 2023? What's your... Oh, I love that. I love that question. 
2023, uh, my goal is to continue growing, you know, not only in business, but also personally as well. Um, you know, this new chapter of motherhood definitely is a, is a new roller coaster. Um, I thought I thought it was hard running a business and then running a business with a six month old baby was like a new level of, of hard. Um, so definitely something I want to more about personally for myself is definitely a lot more peace, a lot more balanced, um, definitely be able to make the most of you know the pleasures of the world um i want to continue traveling i want to continue traveling with my team two weeks from now we're actually going to dubai so nice. i'm looking forward to you know take the team there um business-wise we definitely want to continue growing we currently have four operations running so our goal now really for 2023 is just keep growing um six operations by the end of 2023 make it 10 operations by the end of the next year Fantastic. Um, I just want to say thank you very much for joining me, Clary. And I want to say that I really, really do look up to you and admire you. And as I said, I, I knew you before you had any of this. Mm. So I know you worked your ass off to get there and you just showed that you can be a small girl from the Philippines, come to the UK and build your business from the ground up. And I just want you to continue thriving, continue inspiring people and just keep being the best version of yourself. And thank you so much for um, giving my listeners an insight into how you achieve it. Because I think sometimes, especially in today's age, with the, with Instagram or with social media, it's so easy to see success and think, oh, they didn't work hard to get it. No, it takes a lot of blood, sweat and tears. So thank you for getting candid and thank you for joining me today. Oh, thank you so much. It's so I'm so happy to be here and it's so great to obviously connect with you again. Thank you. At the end of this video, guys, I would really appreciate it if you could subscribe, rate the podcast and also leave a review. These are things that will definitely help more people to know about us.